Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And we're El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. Young, ground full side, he slides it into the net. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa. Villa's a big clap mate. So. Gather round villains and welcome to Gather Round the Lamp, our Aston Villa podcast from under a gaslit lamp.com, sponsored by Manscaped. Life comes at you fast and this week we'll be analysing the appointment of new head coach Stephen Gerrard and looking ahead to his debut at Villa Park um, this Saturday against Brighton. I'm Andy and joining me today are Craig and Dan. Good afternoon, good evening, uh, listener, wherever you are. Uh, I am Craig Storrid, at Craig Storrid on Twitter. Delighted to be talking all things Aston Villa and all things Steve Gerrard Gerrard. He's big and he's something hard. (laughs) And that isn't even the Manscaped commercial. <laughs> I was going to say. Hi, listener. Hi, gents. It's Dan here. Um, I think we're in a cheerier mood this week. Last week was a little bit of a sombre pod. Hopefully this week's a little bit more enthusiastic. We'll be crunching into questions like Stevie G crunches into a tackle. So I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, I was look, watching the video and I was hoping the uh, the training video earlier, I was hoping that he'd he'd crunch someone. Trezeguet. Just Soon go through like. Trezeguet. Yeah. <laughs> Put him out for another 10 months. But, um, yeah, last let's get into it. Last Thursday, Aston Villa announced the appointment of Steven Gerrard as the club's new head coach um, following the dismissal of Dean Smith only four days earlier. Gerrard was closely followed um, on Friday by his backroom team from Rangers, including assistants Gary McAllister, welcome back Gary, and Michael Beale. Technical coach Tom Coulshaw, analyst Scott Mason and fitness coach Jordan Milsom. It was also announced that Austin McPhee, Aaron Danks and goalkeeping coach Neil Cutler would remain at the club. There has of course been much debate, nervousness and excitement for for Gerard's appointment. What are your thoughts um, as we enter his first week in the hot seat? Well, 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 Um, time goes by so quickly. As Dean Smith said, I think it's been a whirlwind week. And I think you said uh, there has been debate, there's been nervousness, and there's been excitement. I have both of those emotions in abundance. I am very excited, and but very nervous also. And I I don't want to be the one to piss on anyone's chips. So if you're holding chips right now, cover them up like a seagull's coming for you because I'm about to get pissing. Now, um, Villa, I'm a little bit, dis- I'm a little bit, ner- I'm nervous. I, I, I'm going to just question a couple of things. The first thing I'm going to question is, Villa promised a thorough interview process. I am going to dispute <laughs> that that happened right here on this podcast today. Um, it seems as though they only interviewed one man. It seems that it wasn't a very thorough search. Uh, you might say well, that's fine because we got who we wanted, first choice, which is which is which is fine. But don't say you're going to have a thorough search and interview lots of candidates if you're only really interested in one. Um, 
And I'm putting the lack of thorough recruitment process down to Perslow's personal relationship with Gerard. And we also know that Perslow loves a name. Christian apparently has a bit of a big name fetish, I think it's fair to say, with strong rumours linking the Villa CEO with the unfortunate pursuits of Danny Drinkwater, Ross Barkley, and now perhaps Danny Ings too. And let's not also forget that Perslow tried to hire Thierry Henry, big name Thierry, uh, big Terry, before Dean Smith came in. But luckily for Villa, the Frenchman turned Perslow down. Uh, we are going to be Gerard's uh, Premier League guinea pig, as I as I coined that phrase last week. Copyright Villa Lampard. Um, don't. <laughs> it's, it's not a good phrase, but anyway, and that makes me a little bit nervous. But. On the flip side, there are also a lot of reasons to be excited as well. It's not all um, 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 nerves with me. Gerard is absolutely a winner. Um, he has incredible name identity. He immediately commands respect, although so did Brian Robson, and he would struggle to manage the local B&Q. But the fact is that Gerard is a big name, and he will attract big-name players, and it also gives the club a great immediate attention, which also helps attract not only the better players, but also better sponsorship opportunities. So... We lost the big name in Jack Grealish in the summer and we've now brought in an even bigger name um, with actual trophy winning credentials and without shins made of uh, a silly string in Steven Gerrard. So it's a big name. It's a big risk, but I'm nervous, but I'm excited too. How, how are you guys feeling? Yeah, I, I kind of am on the same page. I'm, I'm nervous. I think the Perslow connection is bang on there, Craig. I think it's a... He got the man he wanted. They've been mates for 12 years, I think I saw in one article going back, and this has been something Perslow's worked towards. But I was pretty negative last week on the pod about Stevie G, and I'm actually kind of a bit more excited this time round. I've, I've done a lot of reading this week. I've had my head in books, head in tactical articles, head in articles looking at what Stevie G was like at Rangers. And, and I think the thing I'd forgotten about him is he is a born winner. He is committed to everything on the pitch. And Andy was joking there about wanting to see him fly into tackles on the training ground. And that's the kind of manager we're getting that's, a bit more modern than the Graham Souness kind of hacking his players' ankles off, but he's he's a coach that's going to come in and give us a winning mentality, much as, you know, everyone praised John Terry for doing when we got him as a coach too. Um, I think what's excited me the most is we got his backroom staff. I think almost similarly to Dean Smith, he's a man who coaches by committee. From what I've read, Beal will take over a lot of the training ground work and, and almost acts as a first-team coach. His, his analyst team as well are apparently incredibly important to what he was doing at Rangers. And, and Stephen Gerrard kind of takes a bit of a backseat sometimes and just steps in when he needs to. So I think the fact we've got hold of pretty much his entire backroom staff from Rangers is, is a big deal because, as Craig said, he, he's going to be our, well, we're going to be his guinea pig in the Premier League and he's going to need some familiar faces around him. And, and McPhee and Danks are not those familiar faces. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm nervous, excited, optimistic, but also scared that this is going to be an absolute disaster. And I honestly don't know what to make of it. How about you, Andy? Well, I sort of, um, I think last week I kind of kept my powder dry a little bit. Um, I had a feeling that Gerard would be the man, um, but partly for the reasons you've mentioned um, with his connections to Perslow, um, but partly just because I just felt he was out of the um, the candidates mentioned. I just felt that he was the most the most likely, but also also you know possibly the most exciting. I think you know if we'd have, if we'd have gone 
gone for Ralph Hassenhutel, we'd have we'd have ended up paying a huge fee, um, which I, someone told me it was about eighteen million his release Oof. fee, um, and for, for for no real um, benefit in terms of is he any better than than, than the guy that's just left? So, um, whereas I think with with Gerard, um, what you've got is 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 an extraordinary amount of potential. You know, this guy, everything I've seen um, and everything I've read um, points towards this guy, you know, being a guy that's going to the very top. You know, I, I, I really believe that Villa may, may be a stepping stone, but in the meantime, he may well take us um, a long way, possibly a long way past the, the watermark that Dean Smith would have had. I mean that's it's speculation. It's an opinion, really, on my part. But I think he's, I, th- he, it feels like he's got it. It feels like he's, he's, he, he thinks in the right way. He talks in the right way. The things he says as well are okay. I mean, look, on a on a club media channel, it's always going to be very positive and very measured, isn't it? But you know, I, I, I just I just like his approach. I like the way he 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 answers questions. Um, and I like the, the 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 kind of approach he says that he takes to to, to the team and to players and to the and to, and to the tactics. In terms of in terms of the um, management by committee or the the fact that um, he, he perhaps stands back and and the, the coaches you know take take the sessions. I think that's fairly normal, really. I think, I think particularly. I mean, it's, you could you could argue it's quite old fashioned in 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 many ways. I think that would have been the way um, a lot of a lot of managers would have would have you know done that. I think Dean Smith is is possibly quite um, unique in the fact that he's he's front and centre when it comes to coaching and training. But um, it's just going to be a totally different approach. I'm I'm, I'm pleased that he's. He's brought his backroom staff. I think that was that was vital, um, keeping them together as well. You know, so someone like 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 Beal not being um, not being pinched for a manager's job um, is going to be quite important, I think. But at the moment, it, it looks good. Um, how he's going to integrate the, the McPhee and Danks is 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 open to question, I suppose. But you know, we'll 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 see, and I'm. Um, you know, I'm delighted that Neil Cutler stayed. Um, that's that's absolute. That was a must, in, in my opinion. I was I was I was worried about that. I think yeah, it's a good th- point. Sorry, Craig, you go. No, no, you're good. I, I think Cuts was was. I think would have been a step too far. I mean, we were all pretty heartbroken when Dean went. Less so when the Bard went with Dean. But I think Cutler would have been... A lot of fans have got a real soft spot for Cutler and he's clearly got a great relationship with Martinez. So I think you're right there, Andy. And and your other point about there being a buzz about the place, I mean, obviously I'm I'm not up anywhere near Villa Park at the moment, but you can tell by the media coverage there's plenty of interest in it. The, the one thing I don't want it to be is Steven Gerrard's Villa. And, you know, that kind of he's the big name ticket and we're not. That's the one thing I'm worried about. But, but you know, maybe we needed a little bit of name in lights since, uh, since Jack Grealish has gone to attract a few more players in January. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of 
you know, they don't get much bigger in terms of Premier League names than, than Steven Gerrard. You know, you could probably count on one hand, probably the aforementioned Thierry Henry, maybe a bigger name. Arguably, Alan Shearer is a bigger name. But other than other than them lot, you're, you're, you're really struggling in terms of, you know, all-time Premier League greats. Obviously, um, that that kind of name identity does 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 matter, but ultimately, you know, it doesn't matter if he's called Steven Gerrard or whether he's uh, called uh, something other than Steven Gerrard. <laughs> it is results on. The, I was going to say something controversial then, so I just said something other than Steven Gerrard. Anyway, um, it's going to be results on the pitch that that matter, and that's going to be his. That's going to be what he lives and dies upon. Ultimately, yeah. The name Steven Gerrard or Brian Robson or Thierry Henry or whatever, whatever will get you in the door. But it's how you perform once you're in situ, which is going to dictate whether or not you get to, you get to hang around. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Ultimately, you know, this is a this is a move that absolutely has to work for for everyone, doesn't it? You know, whatever Gerrard is is aiming at in his career, um, which I presume is to be to be the best because that's tends to be uh, his approach to things. Um, he has to do well in this job because ha- how how many managers? I mean, you, you know, look how look how Frank Lampard's struggling now. Really, you know, he took that Chelsea job. I thought he did. I thought he did a reasonable job under the circumstances. But of course, you know, it gets to a stage where he gets found out, and 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 it's no good for the for the club. So they get rid of him, and now he's. He's perhaps scratching around a little bit, and you know he's he's got a bit of a, a tarnished reputation. If Gerard doesn't succeed at Villa, he'll he'll be in a similar boat to, to to Lampard, and several other big name managers or big name players that have become managers. You know, you think of guys like Roy Keane, Paul Ince. You know, the, these guys had had good credentials as you know in their initial outings as managers couple of failures and and you, you you know your your assistant manager at Nottingham Forest you know so it's it's um it's an important one for him it's a it's a it's a huge uh risk um for him as well as as well as for us really but any managerial po- appointment is a risk particularly when you sat 16th in the table and your team shipping goals and you can't score um you know it, it, it's a risk Hopefully, he'll get a quick response, win a couple of matches, and and that'll settle everyone down a bit. Um, I mean, go on. It, it will. I I just think in in. I mean, this is not necessarily Aston Villa chatter, but now I'm getting to an age where I'm seeing players that uh, I grew up watching. You know, the likes of Sol Campbell uh, taking over Macclesfield Town, and Ashley Cole, and and John Terry went the assistant manager route. Uh, Gerard and Rooney and Lampard uh, managed to walk into quite plum positions. It's just a little bit, there's something a little bit surreal uh, for me about seeing players that I kind of grew up watching now being the managers of, of football clubs or assistant managers and what that looks like. So, um, and now we have one of those big, big Premier League names in charge of Aston Villa. It just, it all seems like a, a, a a, a rerun of, of cha- like a championship manager regen or something that's just we're just moving through the players have retired and now here they are managing teams surreal 
I was going to say the same thing. Feels like a champ man save that's gone on for way too long. And, <laughs> yeah. and guys who are 15-year-old pace merchants are now aging, grizzled managers. Like, it is weird to see Steven Gerrard as a manager. He's, his career has, as a manager has somewhat bypassed me because it's been up in Scotland and I don't I don't pay a huge amount of attention to Scottish football. But I, I suspect he, he did that by choice, right? And, you know, it's a, a big deal to Rangers' job. It's not a job that you can shy away from, but you are out of the limelight a little bit when it comes to the Premier League chatter and I mean Andy you mentioned it there it's it's a gamble for Gerrard and I think it is actually that's what interests me the most I don't think he needed to take this job I think if we all kind of game out his career trajectory we think he wants the Liverpool job after Klopp that's what he's gunning for and I guess maybe he thinks he needs another line on his managerial CV and Villa will be that line for however long it is but it's not the easiest gig to take in the league and so you've got to applaud him for that like he's not waited for a for for a plum job to come along although Villa is a plum job in our opinion but it's it's definitely a gamble on his part so fair play to him for for backing himself to to be the manager he thinks he is which which hopefully we all hope he is as well yeah I think I think you're right there I think that's interesting you know Danny Murphy got a lot of criticism on talk sport didn't he for Boo. saying that <laughs> but you know I mean he was he's he's always he he always takes the the misery guts approach doesn't he Danny Murphy but you know I could kind of see what he was saying he was you know he was kind of saying he doesn't need it really he doesn't need to to go and put himself in that position and put his managerial career on the line. You know, he's he's got a job probably at Rangers for as long as he wants it and you know, he's but he's 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 taken it he's he's taken the jump, he's taken a, a risk, he's backed himself. Um it what whatever anyone says, there's no doubt that the Aston Villa job is a bigger job than the Rangers job. Um John Hartson would disagree with you there. <laughs> well, I mean, you know that that yeah, I'd, <laughs> another one, another one yeah. that's uh, you know perhaps a bit biased, but and maybe if, I'm if biased, Rain- but well, well I, I think ultimately it's SPL versus the Premier League mm. rather yeah. than Aston Villa versus Rangers. So if you take the clubs out of it, you know it it really there is very little comparison. If Rangers were to join and, and Celtic were to join the Premier League, then maybe we can have a conversation about it. But as things exist right now, there is no metric other than perhaps fan passion. And even then, that's not exactly a measurable metric that you could say that that, that, that Scottish football is in any... Can, you know, It's not even a red-headed stepchild to the Premier League. I mean, it's like a, a pimple on a hamster's ass. <laughs> Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's, that's true, and 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 unfortunately, it's um, you know, I I feel for the Rangers fans. I feel like you know they're in the they're probably feeling a similar way to how we felt in the summer, um, when our floppy haired prince left. Um, I'm not talking about you, Dan, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I see he's uh, injured again, old. Uh, oh yeah, old yeah, biscuit he's, shins. He's got. He's. He, I think he's pulled a sickie before the uh, before the Villa game, but. You know, we'll we'll see whether he regains his fitness um, in in time for that. But um, Gerard and, and and co arrive at Villa um, with the club on on the back of five defeats on the spin, which have in, included some abject performances along the way. Whatever the case regarding the merits of Dean Smith, um, there will be players who will have an anxious few days and weeks 
ahead of them to see whether they are in favour, um, whilst others may see this as a, a big opportunity for them, having found game time hard to come by under Smith. Um, firstly, who, who do you think might be in trouble, um, short term or medium term, and and is there anyone who who you think could could benefit from this change? Yeah, I'm not sure who's in trouble. I think the the kind of sentiment I seem to have picked up is that Gerard, when he went into Rangers, was gave everyone a clean slate and let them go again. And I suspect he'll do the same at Villa. But I think a couple of players are going to be looked at under a microscope over the next few weeks. And Gerard plays a very specific brand of football. It's a, a narrow 4-3-3, sometimes a little bit of the, the old school Terry Venables Christmas tree about it. All the players are out wide. And a lot of work goes to the fullbacks. The, the fullbacks are the players are going to provide all of the width at, at Rangers, and, and it will be the same at Villa. So I think there will be a spotlight on Matt Cash and Matt Target to see if they can be those players that, that Gerard needs to provide the width. The other thing he seems to play with is is something of a metronome in midfield, that kind of deep-line playmaker who starts all the moves. And you look at the Villa squad, probably Louise is the man there that will fill that role. But again, I'm a, a great player that he is. I don't think he's ever shown to be uh, the kind of player you'd trust to set the tempo of a game or to pick out long passes from deep, kind of with, with regularity. So... I'm not surprised to have seen us linked with with Glenn Kamara from Rangers, who did that job for for Gerard up there. And I think those three in particular, Gerard's going to be looking really closely at because those three are key to the way he plays. I think without those, he's got to tear up his template of how he plays. But outside of that, I think the Villa squad actually meshes quite nicely to what he did up in Rangers. I think we'll probably see Ollie Watkins go wide. I think it might bring the best out of Danny Ings. I, I certainly think Buendia and Bailey could could be in with a shout. And I think Morgan Samson too might might find his way back into the team. But, but yeah, the fullbacks in particular, I think are going to have to particularly up their game not that the Matt Cash necessarily needs to but I think Matt Target in particular needs to be be up in his work rate and up in his games yeah I think Matt Matt Tar- you, you asked who's in trouble I think Matt Target is in trouble I agree with you uh, Dan I think but I, I, I hope they're all in trouble quite frankly I mean let's make no mistake here let's not mince our words these are the players that have gotten a very good manager sacked and they've got him sacked by losing games they shouldn't have lost, like the Wolves game, conceding stupid goals in high numbers every single week, failing to pass to a, a, a football to a teammate in the midfield uh, uh, cases, and, and some some rather questionable finishing uh, from some, of, <laughs> some very well-paid and expensive strikers. So I think there are too many Villa players that have been existing in a comfort zone. Matt Target, as has already been mentioned, Ollie Watkins, John McGinn, all of those players should have probably had more spells out of the team this season, um, but they were protected by Smith and ultimately that cost Smith his job. Uh, Tyron Mings deserved to be dropped and was and then came back with a bang against Southampton, but uh, it wasn't enough. But the rest of those players, I tell you, they have been living on easy street under Dean Smith, particularly Watkins and McGinn. Both of them, in my opinion, have a lot to answer for with some of their performances this season. But Steven Gerrard does come in with a fresh slate he won't have his favourites yet. Clearly Watkins and McGinn were two of Smith's favourites. I don't think that is me pushing the boat out too much to to conclude that. And I'm hope, I hope he's tough on them. I hope when McGinn stinks the place out, he's dropped. I hope when Watkins stinks the place out, it's dropped. Because I think actually it's bad for squad morale. 
if you're Archer or if you're uh, Chukwemenka or if you're um, um, one of the Ramsey brothers or um, Sanson obviously hasn't been available, but if you're a midfielder or a forward and you're watching these players stink, stink out the place and then, but you know, no matter what you do in training, no, what, no matter what you're doing in the Papa John's Trophy or no matter what you're doing in the 23s, it doesn't matter. Watkins is going to play every week he's fit. McGinn's going to play every week it's fit. So I think that's actually bad for morale. Um, so I think the fringe players will get a boost and I think the youth players will, will get a boost. They're going to be chomping at the bit. The fringe players are, uh, and the youth players are going to be at Bodymore Heath, most of them. Um, so they're going to get a head start on some of the international boys who are all over the uh, the globe and, and they're going to be fighting to get in that first 11 for Brighton and that's exactly how it should be. So um, I'm, I'm quite excited about that, that um, hopefully, at least to start with, you know, there's not going to be any, Steven Gerrard's not going to be playing favourites and you'll, you, you get a shirt at Aston Villa based upon merit, not name identity or relationship with the manager. Yeah, I think that's that's always the uh, the kind of exciting bit, isn't it, about a new manager? It's that, that kind of thing of, well, what what's he going to do? What You know, what you, you can almost sort of sit, sort of think, is he going to pick up straight away on the, on the, the errors that the previous manager was making and 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 go well I don't understand why he's in the team <laughs> and, and leave him out you know and um I mean I think I think I think you're right in in some some respects I think I think McGinn is a is a is an interesting one I think he's the sort of midfielder that Gerard would would naturally like because I think um obviously it's a, a different level but he's he's probably that that you know similar type of um type of all action midfielder to to to, to himself so he'll want to try and get the best out of McGinn if it suits his his style of play um i have to say i do think i do think Tyro Mings might be might be in trouble not not necessarily initially um but i think i think Gerard will 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 go big on discipline um he won't want players making making errors we've let Tyrone Mings off haven't we a lot of the time certainly on this podcast you know sections of the Villa fans haven't but um you know we we do we do give him certain graces because he is um he has been such a such an important part of the the squad so far but I think all that all that's gone now it none of that really matters anymore he's got to he's got to really cut that out and We've seen a little bit of ill discipline from him over the last few weeks, which might be why he was dropped. Um, probably, probably fortunate to stay on in a couple of games, and you know that's the sort of thing I think that you know that 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 might not win any favour with 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 Steven Gerrard. So I think he he'll be fine to start with, but I think you know looking towards towards the summer. Um, he might be one that's that, that that moves out the door if he if he doesn't sort of sort himself out. He's actually um, as we're recording this on that Monday evening, he has scored his first England goal tonight. Um, England have beaten San Marino ten nil, um, and he's scored the I think the seventh goal. Um, oh, well done, so Tyrone. Well, well done, did Tyrone. Do a, did he do a Harry Maguire knee slide with his ears <laughs> to the crowd? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I haven't seen. I'll have to. I'll, I'll be looking at the highlights later on. Uh, it's uh, Monday fifteenth as we're recording. So, Tyrone, I hope you did the Maguire knee slide. <laughs> Silence those critics, Tyrone, with a with a goal at San Marino. Do yeah, we? 
Do we reckon that there's, I I know we've been talking about discipline there and and I I think we can all probably agree that Steven Gerrard would be a scarier man to make angry than Dean Smith. So I think he he won't be afraid to chew players out. But is there a danger where, you know, Craig was talking a minute ago about now seeing managers who were great players as we were growing up. A lot of these players would have been a lot younger than us when Gerard was in his prime. <laughs> easy, <and> easy, <laughs> easy. And I'm sure John McGinn maybe looked up Stephen Gerrard when, when he was a, was a lot younger and just breaking into football. And it's I, I wonder if there's any, when you've got such a big name as a manager, whether it's difficult for players to kind of come out their shells at first, whether they might be a little bit overawed by having a personality like that kind of knocking around body more heath i i read that when he first went into rangers his kind of gambit to deal with that was i i'm a novice in management so i'm not i'm not that player anymore but i think it's a lot harder to do down in the premier league when you're in your second job but i mean i'd be i'd be overawed by steven gerrard coming into my workplace if i was if i was a professional footballer i think it's um the one thing i will say about steven gerrard is it's an absolute disgrace that he's still got that hairline it's, he's, he's the same age as me. He's forty-one. It hasn't moved back half a millimeter. And there's there, there's me. Um, mine's going from all angles. So, uh, I mean, fair play to him. God knows what he what his diet is and what he what he takes. But it's uh, it's done him. He honestly hasn't changed, has he? At it's the same haircut he's always had. It's, yeah, it's ne- Lego <laughs> hair. A- it's never changed. He had a crew cut for a while, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's in, it's incredible, it's incredible, really. But so fair play to him for that. But I'd say as well, um, uh, in terms of in terms of players feeling overawed, I think I think having John Terry around the place for the last two or three years probably helps um, with that. And I think footballers generally, they're so used to it now. They're playing, you know, they're playing against. Um, you know the, the the best players in the world, aren't they? Every week, I, I I think they just they just see it. They'll just see it as another another boss. Um, they'll either like him or they won't. They'll respond to him or they won't, and that'll be um, that'll give Gerard his his cues when it comes to uh, transfer dealings and things like that and what he needs. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting um, few weeks, as we say. Um, the common the common question with with any new manager um, when they come in is is what's in their intray um, as they take on the new role. What whilst things are on the pitch um, had gone off the rails in recent weeks. Um, Dean Smith has certainly kind of left the club in far better shape than than when he came in. The club remains in rude health financially, with committed, ambitious owners, and the academy growing ever stronger under Mark Harrison and, and the coaches there. Um, we mentioned this earlier, but it does feel like a, a plum job for Gerard. And as as it's less about sort of turning the oil tank around, as it perhaps has been in the past, um, it's more more a sort of little three-point turn in a, in a quiet street, really, that he's got to perform. And, you know, but what aspects... Do you think he has to has to address in the short and medium term to to achieve that and get things moving forward? Well, I think the first thing is we we want to make sure that Steven Gerrard doesn't take uh, lessons off uh, Jack Grealish for three point turns <laughs> in quiet streets, um, because obviously we know how that went. Well, it, um, might, but yeah, no. it might be more tricky than I thought when I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, this certainly is if you've 
spent the uh, night at Ross McCormick's house. But anyway, um, the the main thing that I think Steven Gerrard has to address is the same thing that I begged, I begged old Dino to address before the Southampton game. Defence. Sort out the defence. No one can concede three, four goals every week and win football matches. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's as obvious as the nose on my face and I have a large nose, so that's quite obvious. So, you know, it's, it's just clear as day. So obviously I think he already alluded to that in his, uh, in his club, club media, uh, club media appearance today, which lots of people are going mad about, but, um, you know, the, uh, as you kind of alluded to earlier, Andy, you know, club media channels have all the, uh, have all, have all the neutrality of a, of a, of a North Korean uh, news <laughs> broadcast. So, I, you know, you can only take that so far. But he has to look at the defensive frailties. And another thing I've alluded to is the ball retention. And the ball retention in the midfield is a key contributor, in my estimation, to the defensive frailties. Villa midfielders, not naming any names, are often guilty of giving the ball away far too much. And they're often guilty of trying to force a pass, whereas a better team or a better player in a better team will see the pass isn't on. They're happy to be more patient. They'll recycle possession. They keep penning the uh, opposition in, whereas we try and force a pass, Inve- inevitably lose the ball, and then we, we're very, very vulnerable on the counter. Uh, we don't do enough Fernandinho fouls. So I think Stevie Gerrard didn't mind a cynical yellow card. So hopefully that is a bit a, a bit of a nasty streak that comes in. The, the Fernandinho yellow card is a crucial yellow card to, to to pick up for for stopping counter-attacks. And I think just lots of our players are generally too naive. So I'm hoping that his street smarts and his winning mentality will 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 really help the, the players get a little bit of a more of a mean streak, get a little bit more of, a, of game management, you know, hit the deck when you need to, stall when you need to, you know, some of the dark arts, so to speak. And the last thing is obviously the forward area. So I think that Dean Smith was guilty of trying to fit uh, 10 pounds of horse manure in a five pound bag by trying to <laughs> shoehorn all those attackers in. And unfortunately, you know, it doesn't it doesn't work. So Steven Gerrard now has a fresh slate to make the tough calls that Dean Smith wouldn't make, particularly in regards to Watkins and Ings, <laughs> which we've all spent a lot of time talking about, so I won't belabor the point here, but there are going to be some tough choices to make. We have some really good attacking talent and not all of them can be on the pitch at the same time. So that is going to be uh, uh, really key for Steven Gerrard to be able to balance that and also while also do that while keeping players happy. Yeah, I think you're bang on there, Craig. It's, he's got to find the balance. I think that's what ultimately did for Dino. He couldn't find his strongest 11. And he wasn't helped by injuries and form, but he just he couldn't find the right balance. And I think Gerard's going to have to come in and do that. And I think the clean slate will help him. I don't think he'll be afraid to put Ollie Watkins to the left wing, which is where I think he's is the only way we're going to make this forward line work. Um, but I think mentality is absolutely crucial. Like, We've got a couple of winnable games and then we've got a horrible run of fixtures coming up and and make no bones about it. If we don't win for another five games, we're in serious trouble. And and looking at some of those fixtures, I don't know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility given the way we've been playing. If we don't get the new manager bounce, we could be, you know, limping into to Christmas on a horrible run of form in a nasty place in the table. And and look, I think we're a good enough squad, a good enough team to pull away from the bottom. But I think that is first and foremost what Gerard's got to do is stop the rot, stop us sliding down the table and just get a little bit more daylight between us and that bottom three. Because 
Uh, there's a certain ex-Villa manager who's probably going to be lighting a fire under Norwich, and, and Burnley look like they finally remembered how to win again, which is never a good sign if you're just above them in the table. And and yeah, I think absolutely the number one thing in Gerard's intray, not that it's it's particularly sexy podcasting as he's got to get us out of, you know, the circling the drain of the old relegation fight. Because I think if we, we lose a couple more games, we're going to be right down in that. Well, that's the worry, isn't it? I mean, that was the worry if 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 Smith was going to continue, was looking at the next two, you know, before the, 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 the you know, the, the really difficult run and thinking... I, don't, I, I can't see us beating Brighton and I can't see us beating Palace, you know. Um, something something had to change in in some way. And of course it has, you know, they've made the ultimate change. Um, you know, but it, I mean, it is, it is going to be, I mean, he did mention today, didn't he, that you, you said, Craig, you, you know, he wants to, you know, he 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 needs he knows he needs to to tighten that defence up and and make us hard to beat again, um, and I think, you know, in a, in many ways when we go, we'll talk about this in a bit. But when when I go down down there on Saturday Saturday afternoon, um, if we come away with a with a with a nice nil nil or a one one, I'll be I'll be quite pleased. I think that'll be a good start, and um, you know, I think. That that's the that's the absolutely the first thing he's got to do. I think as well, but though you know, over the next two or three weeks, he's got to, he's got to show show that with all the the, the attacking players we have, um, that they 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 can start creating chances again. Um, it's quite it's quite good in a way now because because this isn't Gerard isn't a manager that's ever had to rely on on Jack Grealish. You know, um, so that he's got no concept of that. This is the first step in a way. I, you know, I spoke. I spoke last week about you know the the way to replace Grealish is is regenerating the team to to the point where he was never part of it anyway. And this is kind of the first step um, along that road, I think, or well, it's one of the steps in whatever order they would have taken, but happens to be the first. Um, to have a manager and a coaching staff that have never had Grealish to rely on, so um, I think I think that's really I think that's really important, and I think we might see um, we might see a little change in mentality rather than a, a team, you know, sort of missing a limb. You know, we might see we might see the team kind of you know taking on a little bit of responsibility um, as a collective, um, and that that would be. That would be really nice to see, um, and I think if we if we if we start to get that on Saturday, I'll be I'll be I'll be really pleased. But I do want to see. I mean, we've got two England strikers, um, albeit not in the squad at the moment. But we've got two England strikers up there. We need to start scoring goals. We need to be more dangerous in front of goal, getting the ball in, you know across the box more. And um, you know, obviously. You know, we talk about Bailey and um, and Buendia a lot, but I think I think you know, I want to see I want to see Danny Ings starting to score some 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 proper goals for us, and uh, you know that that's for me that's going to be really important. I just wanted to ask you guys because another another thing people have mentioned, and we we mentioned Tyro Mings. Do you see Gerard changing the captaincy at all, Dan? 
It's a tough one because it's a big call to make when you come into a club midway through the season after a popular manager's gone and and then you tear it up that way. I think he'll probably stick with Mings in, for the time being. But, I mean, all bets, uh, you know, he can do whatever he wants. If he sees that's the way that's going to turn it around, and that's what it's going to do. But it's, it's going to probably upset a fair few people if um, if he does strip the armband from someone after a week or so. But... I don't know, it's, it's probably too early to tell, and I think that would be the nuclear option. That's really laying down your marker as I'm, I'm blowing up what the guy before me came and did. But who knows, maybe it happens. It would make for great watching if he does. Yeah, I don't remember. I think when I think I don't remember any Villa manager in my recent memory tearing the captaincy away, you know, in, in the first minute or two. I think Dean Smith did change the captain, but that was kind of a perfect storm and it was very subtle because um, I don't know if you if you remember but Steve Bruce killed James Chester's career and um, unfortunately he was no longer available uh, <laughs> yeah, he because he played through the pain for us mm. uh, you know because Steve Bruce chose to have one defender at the club plus uh, one centre-back I should say plus Mile Jedinak and we won't talk about that um, so Chester was kind of out of the picture anyway, so it was kind of a subtle transition to Jack Grealish. Whereas to come in this time, Dean Smith now, you're talking about now goal-scoring England international Tyrone Mings, who has been a massive part of the England uh, setup in the Euros that made it to the final. Obviously, he played the first uh, couple of games there, kept clean sheets in both, by the way. And he's also been a very prominent uh, activist, you know, even getting into getting into some contretemps with the Home Secretary. So Mings is a big name himself. So if Gerard comes in and strips Mings, who is now a big name England footballer of the England captaincy, that I think becomes a bit of a sideshow. I think nuclear option is the right term there, Daniel. I think that I would hope that Gerard is a little bit smoother than that. And if he is going to change the captain. Uh, change it more subtly, either when Mings is out of the team with an injury or a suspension, or at the you know at the close of the season and go in a different direction like that. But I don't think it would be a sensible thing to do that right now. And and I think in England, England is really the only country that 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 makes the captain out to be this. You know, we've got this kind of obsession with the captaincy. You know, I think it's Bobby Moore and 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 bloodstained headbands and all that stuff. And it's all a little bit nonsensical, really. You know, I don't ever remember thinking to myself, oh, you know what? I'm going to try and play better today because I'm going to be captain or because that captain over there is inspiring me. I think, you know, you want 11 captains on the field, if, if you're being honest. And I think the English obsession with captaincy and, and I think it's a little bit of a... I think it's a bit of a nonsense, personally. That's a good point, actually, Craig, because you're right. It's a very uniquely English thing. We get obsessed about the captain's armband. But sometimes it does make a difference. As you said, when when Ding came in, giving Jack the armband clearly made a bit of a difference for him. And I think Tyrone Mings is someone who, who takes a lot of pride in having that captain's armband. And, I mean, whether it's elevated his performances this season is is a different question. But you're absolutely right. We We kind of need to get away from the the obsession with captains. The the one problem with that being is I think this Villa team lack leaders. We really do lack leaders. So to Andy's point, I think who's wearing the armband is kind of important because we've got quite a few snowflakes on that pitch at the moment and and we need someone <laughs> to, to stiffen them up a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I I just wonder whether if, if he's going to come into the team, whether Ashley Young's got a bit of a shout 
he did name check him um, today in the interview. Um, and I just wonder whether he might look at that and think, you know, this is a guy that I trust. I've played with him. I know him. Um, and whether whether that'll be the case, but I think uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm more minded to you know to to kind of think well that would only happen if Mings was 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 injured um, for Saturday or, or or in the coming weeks, and um, we certainly don't really want Tyro Mings to be injured because he's he's you know he he will be important to um, reorganising that that back line. So hopefully um, we don't need to to to, to think about that. And I think as well, that's the, the other problem is, um, you know, it's a bit like uh, English politics. There, there isn't a, a, another option, is there really? <laughs> so um, you kind of you kind of stick with with, with what you got, and yeah, you know, Mings is a, you know, obviously a great figure figurehead, certainly more so than um, than the current prime minister. But we won't go we won't go there. Um, I think you just did go there, but yeah. all right. <laughs> I mean, talking about the prime minister, he's 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 in a hell speaking of, a state. of dicks. <laughs> no, I'm <joking. laughs> I mean, we've seen some pictures of his of him lately, and he's looking even more dishevelled um, than than normal. I mean, the the mind boggles, Craig. What's going on underneath that uh, scrappy bit of cloth that he wears? Well, I don't know. I understand that the prime minister, for all of his uh, perceived faults. I understand that he's been quite prolific in the with the ladies, uh, both, uh, you know, whether he's in a relationship or not doesn't seem to matter. So um, one of the one of the reasons that he may be so attractive to these ladies is the mop of hair on his head. It would be probably churlish of us to try and speculate as to whether that mop of hair extends below the belt. But what we can do is speculate about you at home, listener, or in your car, or if you're walking through Waitrose, uh, uh, giggling, uh, uh, thinking about your sweaty undercarriage. Because here is the thing. The nights are drawing in. It is getting colder and colder and rainier and wetter and shorter and shorter. But you can go longer. You can look longer with Manscaped.com. As it gets colder... I have had the responsibility in my personal life. This is a little tidbit. This is a true story. I'm organizing a stag do for a close friend, friend of mine for next year, 2022. And I'm sure lots of you are looking for some winter sun. Lots of you are thinking about going on holiday because that's the first thing I think about when it gets cold and miserable. I think, I, I think about, hey, let's go somewhere warm. But you know where, wouldn't, where shouldn't be warm? Your balls. Your balls should remain cool like a winter time in Siberia. And the way that you do that is with the Manscaped 4.0 performance package with the ball deodorant to keep your undercarriage cool, calm, and collected. Now, we spoke in the last couple of weeks about the upcoming holiday party season, if you will. And now we're thinking about planning trips abroad. And we're going to talk about trips abroad. you got to make sure you pack your condoms, make sure you pack your Manscaped, make sure everything is good. But let's think about trips at home. If you're listening to this and you've got someone at home waiting for you, and you're going to come in from work or you're going to come in from the supermarket, maybe you can come in in more ways than one. You can come in fresh. You can come in dry. You can come in smelling like a botanical garden. And you can do that with manscaped.com. So rather than when you come in through the door, you don't come in looking windswept and, and, and wet 
and cold and frazzled and upset. You come in looking cool as a cucumber. You come in looking in as well-groomed and as fresh as Stephen Gerrard's brill-creamed hair that does not move, <laughs> come wind, rain or shine. That can be you. So take inspiration from Stephen Gerrard, a stylish man. Come inside in more ways than one with manscaped.com and you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P. And you, <laughs> the lamp, <laughs> the lamp, <laughs> never mind, never mind. 20% uh, off and free shipping with our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P. P. I, I can't even say that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Craig's Craig's gonna go off and, and, and die quietly somewhere of laughter. Um yeah, so guys, less less Boris Johnson, more Steven Gerrard, I think, um this this winter. Um go and get your manscaped stuff. I, ju- I just want to um I just want to mention um before we move on to Saturday, obviously the news broke um Sort of over the weekend, really. That that our our former manager Dean Smith um, has 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 taken the reins at Norwich City, who at the moment sit bottom of the Premier League, only five points behind Villa. Um, he was he was out of work for a massive eight days, um, and he's got back in. I think I'm right in saying that since he took charge of Warsaw, probably ten years ago or, or more. He's not missed a match day. He went straight from Warsaw to Brentford to Villa, and now, you know, he has he's he he hasn't he was unemployed for a week, and he's 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 back in ready for the next game. Um, you know, this is a guy that obviously you know is is he must be highly sought after. He's he's you know um, he was away on holiday and he's been offered the the Norwich job. Um, Dan, I'll start with you. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well done, Dino. I think you you mentioned him not missing any games. Uh, I saw an interview with him that said since he started out in football as a 16-year-old, he's had a grand total of four months uh, out of work and he didn't like that. So he's he's back in work now. But but fair play to him. He, he deserves another crack at the Premier League, I think. And I think Norwich is a nice kind of soft landing for him. By all accounts, he impressed them in his interview, knew, knew the makeup of the squad, knew what they needed to get out of it. And, and, you know, I think he's got the tools there to do a pretty decent job. And I think a, a decent job in Norwich's case is to battle bravely against relegation. And I think he'll do that. And, I mean, we we, we all love him on this pod. And, and, and I've, I've spoken and written about how much I love him. And I, I think he's he's found a club there that that will be maybe more patient with him than Villa are, a club that doesn't have quite such lofty aspirations. But, but yeah, fair play. It's, it's going to be great to carry on watching him in the Premier League. It's going to be a hard one when we play Norwich, whenever we play Norwich again this year. It's going to be tough seeing him in the opposition dugout. But, yeah, well done, Dino. And, and fingers crossed he keeps him up because I think he, he's got the, the chops to do it and I think he deserves a kind of happy ending this season and, and that would be it. Well, we all deserve a happy ending, Dan, but um, sometimes you don't get it. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll talk about Dean Smith uh, for a second. Um, obviously, we we all on this podcast, I think it's fair to say, without putting words in any of your gentlemen's mouths, wish him the very best. 
Uh, we're very grateful, I think, for what he's done for Aston Villa, bringing us from the depths of despair in the mid, in the uh, Championship obscurity under Steve Bruce to the promised land of the Premier League, and 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 and, and you know the magic moments we've spoken about, seven two against Liverpool, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. I I, I fear for him at Norwich. I've seen a couple of Norwich games, and they are awful. They are about as bad a Premier League team as you'll see. I think they're even worse than they were two years ago because they, I think then at least they had Buendia and Pukki was firing. They, they're worse than they were then for me. Um, so I think he's got a hell of a job on his hands and I'm not looking forward to, if they do get relegated, as I think they, they probably might, um, I'm looking forward to all the uh, I told you so from the Smith out guys. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he told you he was rubbish. He got Norwich relegated. Well, Norwich need a bit of a miracle. If if he does somehow keep him up, which I hope he, he does, um, then then it will be a great escape because let me tell you, he has taken a team that uh, they, they are not very good, Andy. No, I'm, I mean, they're certainly not at the moment. I think uh, what they needed was a manager that's going to come in and 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 ensure them up and, and make them hard to beat. And I think Dean will do that actually. Um, and I think it could be um, it could be interesting if he does get them on a bit of a run because he can do that as well. Um, so you know, fair play to to Norwich for 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 getting him. I think I think he's. I think he's a better manager than the Norwich City, or the certainly the position Norwich are in at the moment. Um, you know, they don't seem to have much ambition other than finishing between twentieth uh, and twenty sixth in the uh, in the in the pyramid. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that will change under Dino, and hopefully he'll 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 shake them up a little bit, and maybe even um, maybe even perform perform a miracle and I think we need to start picking up points and put some distance between us and, and them to uh so we don't have that that doomsday scenario um which <laughs> which has probably crossed through all our minds um over the last few days. Um but we'll get on to Saturday. Um Stephen Gerrard will 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 take the to the Villa technical area for the first time as his team welcome Graham Potter's Brighton to Villa Park. Brighton have made a, a decent start to the season, although you have to go back to the 19th of September for their last win um, against Leicester at home. They are the draw specialists with five so far, but have only been beaten um, twice uh, this season and therefore sit in a very healthy seventh place in the league. Um, they've been generally impressive in their efforts this season and the early signs are that they've they've stepped up a level from last season um, and are finding goals easier to come by um, whilst remaining uh, hard to beat as well. There will be a lot of uh, conjecture about Gerard's first team selection and whether there might be some big changes or if Dean Smith's men will get, get the chance to put things right um, by the new regime. It's largely guesswork at this stage, but but what what's your take on this weekend and how how Gerard might might set up for this one? I think it's a nightmare start for Gerard. It's um, I think if it's a Liverpool or Man City, something like that, it's a free swing for him. He's not expected to win. 
Brighton Villa fans will rightfully be expecting us to win, but but they're a really good team, Brighton are, and, and they're a really tricky team to play against as well because of how they line up. So he's got a real challenge ahead of him this weekend. I, I expect him to line up 4-3-3. I expect him to play pretty narrow as well, and it will be be a battle of uh, flying wingbacks and the, the two Matties on our side. And and I think what worries me is Tarek Lamptey's back for, for Brighton, and I think he could absolutely rip Matt Target and new one on the weekend so um i think it's going to be a really tricky game for gerard and i think it, it's going to be a real tester but yeah I, as i say it, it would be surprising if he didn't pick up the blueprint he had at rangers which is that narrow 4-3-3 and and i think we'll see ollie on the left ings up front wendy on the right and then a, a hard-working midfield free and the traditional back five that, that we know and love at villa um but yeah i'd say watching the wide areas this one's going to be a battle of of wing back versus fullback back and and yeah watch Tarek Lamptey versus Matt Target because I think I'm going to be nervously looking at that one the whole 90 minutes yeah I think that um you can't play Leon Bailey um <laughs> against uh, Lamptey <laughs> because uh you know he's not going to give Target well he might now under under Gerard. although I saw that uh I want to say Charles Barkley Craig Burley Charles Burley <laughs> his dad anyway uh Leon Bailey's dad uh saying on Instagram that he had flu, which is why he couldn't track back, I think was something that he was alluding to, which is interesting. Uh, but anyway, um, so Ollie Watkins in that left-hand side uh, channel is exactly the kind of player that you'd want to support Matt Target. An absolutely unbelievable athlete is Ollie Watkins. If he's nothing else, he is a, about as good an athlete as you'll see as a footballer. Lungs for days, good turn of speed. He can help protect... And I think we we spoke about in our season preview, we we did a tactical preview and we suggested that maybe a Jurgen Klopp 4-3-3 could be the way forward for this Villa team with Ings and Watkins. That way you get uh, everyone into the team. But we also talked about how, unfortunately, we don't have uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold or Andy Robertson, (laughs) which you kind of need in order to make that system work. So if Steven Gerrard is trying to do a similar thing, then there will have to probably be some some changes in fullback. Now, whether that's a change of personnel, because I think Matt Target has the, although he hasn't shown it this season, he has the delivery, but maybe not the athleticism. Whereas I think Cash is the other way. I think he has the athleticism, but not the delivery. So it, it, it's, it's like a Trez Algarzi uh, situation we spoke about before. If you could combine the two, you'll have a super <laughs> fullback, but we can't do that. Um, so... It's going to be really, really interesting to see. But I think, um, yeah, I expect him to start how he's going to go on. I expect him to line up in the 4-3-3. And I think players are going to be playing for for, for their futures. Uh, Buendia's had a couple of weeks now to, to get up to fitness. You know, he went off injured or, or with cramp or whatever in the Southampton game, just when he started finally to really light light up the, the pitch. Um, we've also got hopefully a fit Danny Ings returning, hopefully a fit Douglas Ruiz returning, and maybe... Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll. Maybe, just maybe, a fit Morgan Sanson. Maybe. Hey. Yeah. Which is exciting. So, it, 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 you know, Aston Villa were always going to improve once all our players were fit. With Dean Smith or without, even with Brian Robson, we were going to improve when all our players were fit. So I think that, you know, that you talk about a free hit for Gerard. That's going to be a free hit for Gerard because when we do inevitably improve, you know, people will say, oh, look, Stevie Gerrard, he's doing great. We're going to improve anyway. How much we improve is going to be down to Gerrard and, 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 and 
this is a good place to start. Brighton are very good. They are very hard to beat, which is exactly what we want to be. It's exactly what we want to emulate. But Phillip Park, with the Knights drawing in, as I alluded to earlier, in the Manscaped spot, uh, under the lights, people like Andy, K2 Villa, shouting the boys on. Hopefully, we can we can eke out a win and, and, and get that feel-good factor coursing through the Villa veins. Yeah, I certainly expect a, a good atmosphere at Villa Park on Saturday. I think... Uh, that's a given. I think it'll be it'll be bouncing in there as it as it was for the first two or three home games this season. Um, you know, before things turned a little bit sour. Um, I I'd love to see that. I'd love to see us finally start to start to move towards that that system um, with the four three three and the the you know the front three um, playing like that. I think. Um, but yeah, we need we need we need those wingers to be to be really on the ball. And although Matt Target has been will will have been there all week, Matt Cash is is currently um, making his first start for Poland this evening. So um, you know he's he's he won't arrive home until um, until tomorrow or Wednesday, I guess. And then uh, you know it'll be um, you know just a short time for him. But I think I think out of the two, Matt, Matt Cash is the one with the more potential. Um, to be able to play that system, um, I feel a bit sorry for Target. I just feel he's been really off it this this season so far, and you know, I think really that the, the the smart money is on him, maybe stepping out and and, and Ashley Young coming in um, for a few games um, on that side. I think Ashley Young will start on 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 Saturday. Um, yeah, and it's anyone's guess other than that, isn't it? And um, it's it's who I think it's who impresses this week, and you know what the what the um, the likes of of Beale and McAllister make of it all, and what they what they think um, is the right is the right formation. I think even if Sanson is fit, I, I don't think he's <laughs> he should be playing. I mean, he, he needs to feel his way back in, really, doesn't he? He's he's not played since about February. Um, you know, so you know it's too too long. He needs to uh, he needs to get up to speed because we're going to need everyone, you know, firing on all cylinders um, on Saturday. Um, so I imagine the midfield will be pretty similar to 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 what it has been already with uh, Dougie and um, Ramsey and McGinn. And like I say, I just want to see Ings scoring goals. I want to I want to we've signed we've signed a proper striker there, proper goal scorer, and I want to see him. You know, banging goals in at the whole end, and uh, and um, you know, hopefully Gerard can, you know, can get the team playing to him, and 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 that can happen. So, um, so well, you know, we might as well go into some predictions. So, Dan, prediction. It's a tough one for me. This it's the the Dan Betridge derby. As a lad who grew up near Brighton, it's a, it's a tough one to call. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly think that that it's a tough game for us, and and I think we'd be happy with a point out of this one. And I think that's probably what we'll get. I fancy a score draw in this one, but I know that's not what everyone wants to hear. And I know Villa Park will be banging, and I'd love nothing more than a big win. I just I just think we might need to temper expectations, and and yeah, a, a, a good score draw that stops the rot. All, all do me in this one Andy I'd like it if you go first please <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say 3-1 Villa yeah a couple of goals for Ings and, and Watkins one for Watkins I think uh, I think he'll be off off to a flyer 2-0 Villa 
I th- yeah. Excellent. 2 0 win. Come on, Villa. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'll be there Saturday. And, and um, if you're going Saturday, then uh, I hope it's, uh, hope it's a great day for us. I hope Stephen Gerrard gets off to a, an absolute flyer. Um, so enjoy the day. If you, if you um, want to follow us on, on social media, um, head over to whichever platform you use and search for Under a Gaslit Lamp um, and give us a follow. Um, or head over to the website underagaslitlamp.com um, where you can uh, catch up with all the latest articles. You can read read Dan's excellent Steve, uh, Dean Smith article um, from last week, as amongst other things, and follow the the academy and the Villa women as well um, on there. And if you want your Manscaped products for the winter, um, head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code LAMP. Um, for that but if you're going to the game enjoy the game um let's hope it's a win stay safe and up the villa